0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ
2: Moore has a pass to the end zone! Jonathan Taylor! Touchdown! Pass is oh! Hello, and welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co owners at RotoViz. Sean, it is the Saturday edition of the podcast. We have had a lot of shows up on RotoViz Overtime this week with a crossover with the Best Ball podcast, so lots of content coming your way. This will be the final show of the week, our third podcast, as we always like to bring you. We've been on a run of three podcasts every week, we plan to continue that throughout the offseason and back into the NFL season. But on today's show, we will be looking at the late rounds, so round 11 through 20 in terms of that recent draft we did. But to pick out some of the key values, some of the spots we would like to um, you know, focus our attention on in terms of drafting and engineering those drafts and the roster construction as we move forward. The shows earlier this week, we did cover round 1 through 5, and then we covered round 6 through 10. But today, as I mentioned, rounds 11, true 20 so sean we're looking at rounds 11 through 20 i know this is one of your favorite areas to to dive in to get those edges um again i've talked about this a lot of times you've talked about it people focus on rounds one through five they just want to know the adps for rounds one through five they end up they're happy with their draft after five picks but then they're wondering why the overall roster construction didn't work out after 20 rounds well you know you've only done the done the research on a quarter of the draft so what are some of the key areas you tend to look at when it comes to those late round picks
3: we know from the best ball workshop that you really are going to have wanted to get your qbs at least the qb1 early and then the qb2 needs to come along not that far behind to also be in the window ideally you've got those tight ends taken care of and you have multiple elite weapons and then you can really focus on picking up all these great values at wide receiver and running back especially running back late but at this time of the year you're going to have a lot of personal favorites at wide receiver a couple of the young mid-major incoming rookies who are kind of fun were not drafted in this one our favorite pick from the 2021 draft and you know we don't we're not giving up now it's just you know 2022 obviously was the year that we meant when we recommended kj handler handler was not picked so you're going to have some opportunities to pick wide receivers in the 19th and 20th rounds and so you want to save those picks for that now one of the things that we did in our draft and listeners who are going through the draft show know that that part of it we weren't able to execute again all stemming back to that very first miss at the tight end position. But big picture, that's what we want to do, right? So as we go through today, we're going to look at some of the best values, some of the most interesting players. You know, look at some tier breaks. You know, see how some of these late rounds progressed, and maybe where uh, some guys went. That was a little bit of a surprise. Some players we hoped would come back around who didn't. Colin, we finished out the last show by talking about how there was a big tier break at wide receiver between round ten and round eleven. 11 has Kirk, Chark, Samuel, Olave, Williams. One of the things that was a little bit controversial about what we did was the selection of Michael Gallup in round 13, even though he's going to be coming off of an injury. Will Fuller goes a couple of picks later. And, you know, it sounds like his finger injury was simply much more serious than the Dolphins let on. And yet at the same time, which makes sense from the, for them probably from a competitive perspective, you know, not – allowing other teams to know you know if and when they were going to legitimately have to prepare for fuller in the future but it does seem like fuller with a full off season should probably be back and it is a very interesting pick at that price but you have the rookie coming off of the injury in the national title game you have michael gallup coming off the injury in the playoff game this one is a little bit tricky because i think that the rookie has a lot more upside, even in year one, although with Gallup, we know that you have a solid NFL player there and maybe a little bit more experience with doing some of the types of NFL things that even boil down to something like rehabbing an injury. What are your thoughts on some of the prices for players who do have some injury question marks? I mentioned Fuller, you know, one of my favorite early picks, in you know rookie mocks and then rookie drafts as we translate into them and then you know looking at things that we have in the road of his rookie guide and trying to figure out how the reality draft might go is george pickens somebody who has missed a lot of time but still has that sort of very wide range of outcomes and an incredibly high ceiling at least in theory i mean you see pickens rise up into the first round of nfl mock drafts and yet he's also someone where, you know, if any red flags kind of pop up in the process, you know, I could see him going in the third or fourth round of the reality draft, a big window there for someone who a couple of years ago looked like he might be a potential top 10 pick.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of differences when we look through it, you know, you mentioned the tear break at the end of the last show. I think when it gets into that 11th round, I think we have to be looking towards some of those rookie picks. You mentioned the injuries DJ shark also although it was early in the season, coming back of a pretty serious injury. Then you've Curtis Samuel, who spent the majority of last season uh, in Washington injured. And I think then, like, you know, when we're looking through these, you, you've you been talking about for years, I mentioned it in some of the shows earlier this week, the wide receivers, it's not as deep as people think. People think wide receivers are so deep, so you can, let, you can wait and wait and wait to get them. When you start going past that round 11 uh, start, you start looking into some of the names and you're kind of like, well, I don't really want to have a lot of those guys on my roster just going through after the players that you've mentioned you know in the the 12th round we get julio jones jacoby myers josh palmer george pickens who you mentioned again i think you get you can go in and get the upside of the rookies and we've talked before about how the rookie uh picks after the nfl draft so when you're picking them now the likelihood is is these guys are going to move up in terms of adp as their hype rises before the season then we have van jefferson we have Gallup in the 13th round who we took you have will fuller who you mentioned then it's Jahan Dodson and the rookies again. And then we have Jarvis Landry, KJ Osborne, David Bell, Russell Gage, Levisky Chenault, Kendrick Bourne, Rob, Robbie Anderson, Nico Collins. That's all the way through the 14th round. There's a lot of players there that I'm like not a huge amount of interest in getting them on my roster. The one player, the more I look at like it. You mentioned Fuller. If that finger is okay heading into this season and if you know, everything can be going kind of, properly for him i think he still represents a real strong value in the 13th round it's not that far of a drop from where he was going last year in terms of adp the other one with a massive drop from where he was going last year is lavisca chenault you know we're looking at a nine round drop basically from where he was going at his peak lots of concerns around jacksonville lots of concerns around what happened with him last year even trevor lawrence you know just so many question marks around jacksonville but i do think there's a scenario where He really can uh, bounce back this year. But it is an area where the wide receivers aren't that exciting. And I think, like you mentioned, Pickens, you know, Alave goes in the 11th round, Williams goes in the 11th round. I think if you're picking wide receivers in this range, you need to be selecting those rookies. I think the difference is, though, with our draft having picked with Cup, Lamb, and Waddle to start out, then we do take a rookie in Burks, then we take Tony, then we take Cortland Sutton. You know, you're also taking some of the risk out of it with those rookies by by having some of those key veterans so the rookies then are becoming your wide receiver four wide receiver six or wide receiver seven and um, that can make that you know opportunity to take a rookie a little bit less concerning i guess you know when we posted that draft sean uh after we did it last week a lot of talk was around too many rookies drafted too many rookies and we were like going to do it the whole plan was to draft a lot of rookies. So it just depends on people's uh, risk tolerance, I suppose, looking at those. We do go into it then at tight end. And again, you mentioned getting those you know, elite tight ends. I think going back and doing it again, if we could have got it to work out, we would have done that. But we take Irv Smith in the 11th. There's not a lot of options at this point at the tight end position. No, He was the only tight end taken in the 11th round. We get into the 12th. We have CJ Yuzoma. We have Trey McBride, the rookie tight end. We have Rob Gronkowski, who... Feels like if Tom Brady's not there, Rob Mkowski's probably going to re-retire again. Then we have Evan Ingram going the back end of the 13th round. And then like it's all the way down to the 15th to we again take Gerald Everett. Another tight end I think could be interesting moving forward is Brevin Jordan. And then one of Zach's favorite guys who we didn't take was Darren Arnold. But you know we're looking into those spots. And again, it's kind of reinforcing some of the things we talked about on the shows earlier this week how tight end drops off at those tiers, how wide receiver drops off at those tiers. And then the other part of it is, this is a range from kind of round 12 onwards, maybe even round 11 onwards. There's a couple of interesting names in there at running back. I think this is where some of the interest in running back selections can occur. And again, that's part of what we're doing with the the overall build. But in round 11, we have Melvin Garden, then we have Chase Edmonds, J.D. McKissick, Kenneth Gainwell. Khalil Herbert goes in the 12th, James Robinson in the 12th, coming back off again, a, quite a serious injury. Uh, Kyron Williams, Darrell Henderson. Then we have Trey Sermon, who I mentioned, uh, LaVisca Chanel, Trey Sermon's another one who took a, a big, big dip in value from kind of the, the fifth, sixth round range last year. Jarrett McKinnon, who you've been talking with, Sean. Rashad White, then we have Miles Gaskin, Chubba Hubbard, Ronald Jones, who we took, and then Chris Carson, who you mentioned on the show previous when we were talking about Rashad Penny. So any of the names there i have gone through a lot of names. I've kind of gone through four rounds, almost to different names there, but anything in particular that you wanted to head on, I think my big takeaway again, like last year is there is some very interesting running back names going in that, uh, going in that range, you know, 10 to to 15 range.
3: Yeah. These rounds are just so rich in, in potential themes and discussion points. You mentioned, the this tension between the young players and the veteran players you know, which are the better values blair's got some great research in his fantastic wrong read series talking about how the veteran wide receivers as you get deeper into the draft really do historically provide better win rates at the same time i think it's a matter of trying to keep your exposure to receivers in this range a little bit lower and if you are very picky in terms of your targets now i mean everybody when they make a selection it's gonna be like well i I like that guy that's why i made the pick and yet if you have some profiles that you're willing to go for and are, are being very precise very intentional in terms of why you have that guy there then you know i still like to get the wide range of outcome players now i mean you can never go wrong you know drafting a kendrick Bourne, right but even even our favorite player there with the Patriots, I mean, in round 14, it's going to be tricky for that type of player to do for you what you need. And so I like to take the young ones. It's interesting that you mentioned that the draft on Twitter drew the criticism of too many rookies. Because I really wanted to take at least one more in this draft to take advantage of the fact that they're underpriced right? And to be very, again, intentional about where we were getting them. And so, you know, you have Burks at a good price there. You have Hall well below where I think he's going to go. Now, you could even say that the preference really should be Spiller because there's a chance that he could jump even quite a bit more. But so you have those guys at a good price. And then later we take Kyron Williams. If he's drafted on day two, then you're looking at a michael carter kind of situation now he may not be as explosive in a straight line you look at the breakaway rush scores for those two guys dave Cabin has done a lot of great work in the rookie guide on that particular topic why it's so important and then you look at the scores and last year michael carter's numbers are a lot better than williams but williams brings a lot to the table if he's drafted on day two i mean it's going to be hard for him not to return value at that price and then obviously the two rookie qbs late at least one of which i, I think will we'll really jump once we see where they go Hey, RotoViz
1: fans, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRadio2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription.
3: The addition there is that I really wanted at least one, if not both, of Rashad White and Brian Robinson. Those guys went in that gap between our picks in round 13 and round 14. So one of the things that we did debate a lot on the clock there was whether or not we wanted to take Gallup. And so we had some reasons for him. We had some arguments in favor of Jarrett McKinnon, in favor of White. Uh, I should actually rectify that and mention that Robinson went in round 15. So at the 14, 15 turn, we took Ronald Jones and Gerald Everett. He doesn't come back to us in that gap. And really we were looking at the 16, 17 turn to be taking Tyler Algier and Brian Robinson. So we weren't able to get those guys either. Now, Again, I think when people are looking at the rookies and saying you're taking too many rookies, they're overstating the likely impact of all of these players if you're concerned about taking rookies here because they're risky, right? Because all of these guys are going to be risky. The players that we get instead, Deontay Foreman and Kenyon Drake, those guys are talented. I mean, in a straight line, if you go and have a sprint, (laughs) you're going to see some good results from those players, even though Foreman is a very big guy. Foreman ticked a ton of boxes, terms of prospect profile when he came out of college you look at the different running back prospect models and i mean he was hitting in so many of them so uh, very disappointing that he comes out and really doesn't have a career and then maybe resurrects it with the great finish that he had to this season but again i mean you're talking about someone we don't know where he's going to go he's had this one small stretch of good games Kenyon drake i mean I love the price in in round 17. And so we're not going exclusively for young players. You can still take the value on the veteran as well. You know, you look at Ronald Jones, who's our pick in round 14, someone who's had a 1000 yard season, someone who is still young, someone who is going to be one of the more explosive players in terms of hitting the hole. If you have an offense that is built in a better shape for him and you have a coach that wants to give him confidence, then he's a breakaway rush threat. So, I think the important thing is not so much, you know, did you take too many rookies, but what was your mix? And did you get good prices on all those players? So we looked at it and again, I, I just, the running backs in this range, and we like to mention it pretty consistently because it's, it's such a fun and accurate comment. Uh, Peter Overzet was on Ceiling Bananas recently. He was absolutely fantastic, as you would expect. He likes to say, as you get deeper in drafts, the best values are always running backs, That's what we wanted to take advantage here we took three of them between rounds 14 and 17. we like the values in there colin were there guys at running back that jump out to you in some of these other picks that you were sorry we missed on
2: the one that that i really do like at the moment is foreman um drake maybe you know, We'll see how many times I draft direct this offseason. The other one we did draft that we didn't touch on was one of our favorites that we never seem to be able to give up on. That is Ronald Jones. So we did take Ronald Jones again. Uh, Pat Crane will be pleased to hear that we have kept representing uh, the Rojo uh, gang. But the other guys that are in there I think could be interesting. Sony Michelle was somebody who we did briefly talk about on the draft. You mentioned Algier as well and um, we did do a little bit of a discussion while we were on the you know looking at Jamal Williams but I think Kenyon Drake was the the pick there when I'm looking through these guys there's not a huge amount that gets me excited the one pick depending on how things play out how his injury is how well he comes back I do think uh, James White in the 20th round could be somebody who's interesting uh, you know there's no real cost to getting him but if we get him in his uh, past and role in these PPR formats I think he could be be very good but i do think again when we talk about the other positions having drop-offs i think when we get to and look it doesn't make it's not too much of a surprise But when we get to that 17th round i do think then there is there's quite a bit of a drop-off you know the 18th 19th and 20th there isn't a lot of options similarly when we get to how we finish things out sean at the quarterback position in the 18th round and the 19th round, we did go back-to-back quarterbacks. Our plan for anyone who has listened to the draft will have heard at this point. You mentioned wanting to get rookies. We took Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett in the 18th and 19th round. If we're looking at the the quarterbacks going off in that range as well, you know we have Davis Mills, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Malik Willis was somebody else who we were hoping to get. Matt Corral was another option at quarterback so there's four rookie quarterbacks going off the the board in the last two rounds I think we're going to see them go up a couple of rounds after the NFL draft then we have Carson Wentz, Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky so you know we're in a situation where I think you should really be going maybe Baker deserves a little bit more love I don't really see it um, has continued to kind of at a, a lot of times in his career but I do think those four rookies are the only quarterback picks that really should be going if you're if you're holding out for late round quarterback at that point
3: yeah so again as we look at tiers and values one of the things that's interesting is that between rounds 14 and 17 only three QBs go off the board in Matt Ryan Jameis Winston and Jerry Goff those guys are all going off the board after uh, some second year QBs who still have a lot of questions to answer. Mac Jones, can he take that next step? Is he going to give you even that tiny bit of rushing ability that would you know round out a profile where he does take the next step as a passer? Zach Wilson, you know, you're probably not going to get a much wider range of outcomes player there, where he was the second overall pick, and yet his comps are all guys who were quickly out of the NFL but he's got the big arm. He's got the athleticism to scramble and generate some rushing yards. He's got Elijah Moore and some good weapons. And so there's still reason to dream on him. But then we get down to those very late QBs. And one of the things that Zach asked on the show, and I continue to th- sort of think about later after I gave my answer, is that with these 19th and 20th rounds added on, you know, are we more willing to add another guy at the onesie positions and i think especially right now where we don't necessarily know about so many of the players and the uncertainty you can see ways in which you can benefit more from that at qb and at tight end it probably makes more sense now than it will later which i think is potentially something to keep in mind now it may just be that because we took a qb and tight end at the end you know you want to think to yourself well maybe that wasn't a bad pick but that's a little bit different answer that I gave on the show and one that you know we'll keep thinking about and looking at there within the context of the research about structure and how we want to attack that. But the other interesting point that Zach made during our preparation for the draft is that a lot of these teams that are looking for quarterbacks are actually a little bit better teams than you see frequently where... You know, the team with the first pick, the team with the second pick, the team with the third pick, all of those teams need QBs. We actually have some very well put together teams where they're desperate for QB and that's kind of their last piece of the puzzle. And so some of these rookies are actually going to go into situations that are quite good. And so, again, I I really like, especially before the NFL draft, when there are so many different scenarios that could play out, you take some of these young QBs and see what happens because again we're going to see some skyrocketing values now you say skyrocketing from the 18th and 19th to the 12th and you know does that really make that big of a difference but it does because there are guys in round 12 that you really want whereas in round 18 19 and 20 you know you may have your personal favorites but they're not players that you have to really work to get I mean if they're personal favorites you're going to have maybe more shares of them than you know perhaps would be the right way to play it anyway and certainly when your kj Hamler goes down you're like well maybe having him on every team didn't make the most sense i i say that it, it did make sense obviously because if he stays healthy then then you win right but getting back to these specific guys how i think the most interesting again anybody who missed it and it's been cool because you see a lot of Enthusiasm for Travis May's appearance and Travis May's research. He's got a lot of articles coming out on Rotoviz right now. You know, don't miss those. You can get the the discount code with RV Radio 2022 at checkout. You want a little bit of a cheaper way to take in Travis's work, but he's enthusiastic about these QBs. Howell, I think the guy who could be a real surprise. But then we also take Pickett. And uh, reading a little bit about Pickett this week, one of the NFL GMs had referred to him as a poor man's Mac Jones that's not really what you want to hear when you think about what Mac Jones did last year and kind of his trajectory as maybe the best case scenario being a Kirk Cousins now the best case scenario is obviously still better than that the best case scenario and, and Patriots fans are going to tell you that this really is possible because the Patriots just win right but the best case scenario is that he becomes Tom Brady nobody thought Tom Brady was going to be anything like this at this point either but you know you hear kenny pickett and poor man's mac jones you're not rushing out to draft him in fantasy and yet in the right offense where they're going to be a little bit more aggressive maybe they don't have the defense around him that mac jones had around him last year you know go into a team where there are more weapons than mac jones had even if that turns out to be right and one of the things that is kind of funny at this time of the year is you always want to take all of the scattering reports including your own with a little bit of a grain of salt because we know that Uh, there are all kinds of players who were referred to as a a poor man's such and such when that original player was not even good to to start with who then become all pros and you're like well you know that wasn't true so but it's interesting to think through kind of how these guys fit we wanted to get a little bit more rushing upside we had willis and we had corral as guys that we were looking at that didn't come through to us so again Even when you're looking at these really late picks and thinking there are multiple ways you could play it, you don't necessarily get all of your guys. That's how we ended up with Albert O in the last round. But you do see some potential values across the board. So, Colin, kind of kicking it back to you there, we haven't talked about the wide receivers in the last five rounds. Do you have some personal favorites there? It's interesting that Odell Beckham gets hurt in the Super Bowl, the same time frame, really as Gallup and Jamison Williams, someone who was finishing the season hot, someone who has been on a real journey and has had his set of foibles, but appeared to be getting back in the direction of being a star. You have someone like a, a Wendell Robinson, who could be you know an early second-round draft pick all the way to maybe falling. Probably not into day three, but I, I there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out in terms of where he's drafted and then how he's used at the NFL level. You know, will he be more than uh, what the Cardinals did with Rondell more last season? And you get the sky more pick, which we know our, our ship chasing buddies love. But I have to imagine that you're kind of excited about Marquez Valdez Scantling. He goes at the 1901 and there is already a lot of scuttlebutt that he might be too expensive for the Green Bay Packers. We I mean, were talking about in the 19th round having a guy with a fantastic freak score and some verified deep threat ability, some long touchdowns in the NFL, moving to free agency, perhaps getting a role uh, with a team where he is a focal point in the 19th round, he's always been your guy, but do you like him if he's no longer with the Packers?
2: I think that there's still a chance that he would be back. I think, obviously, the part of that would be that he's back with Aaron Rodgers, but you mentioned the freak score. I think his profile in terms of athleticism is you know fantastic, and we've seen him on those deep t- touchdowns, those deep passes. The, the problem with uh, MVS has always been injuries and health, and the other part has been the ability to catch the ball. So sometimes like both of those things are not very good if you're looking for an NFL. So you're saying 19th
3: round if you can't stay healthy and can't catch the ball, maybe that makes sense.
2: That's probably the reason that he's in the 19th round. But I do think that you know we weren't going to be able to take him in this draft really because of the quarterback bill that we had set up and we had intended to get at least two of those rookie quarterbacks towards the end. But if I had quarterbacks earlier and I'm in that 18th, 19th round, he is my target there at wide receiver the other one that would be you mentioned sky Moore. i think he fits into that i've touched on already i think i'm just looking to draft as many rookies and take shots on rookies in this range as i I can but in terms of the veterans that are available i do think that valdez scantling is interesting i think if he goes to another team as well the concern is with free agency you know we've seen it obviously um with Galladay you know if you go to a team and you know we've looked at in the past with some of the work that Blair's done some of the other work on the site when wide receivers change teams it doesn't work out that great on the majority of occasions for those veteran wide receivers and the other thing is if you go to a team where you do get a good financial deal but it is because they have no talent at the quarterback position that is also something that's uh you know very concerning for the potential of him going to another roster so I think MBS in the 19th round is somebody who i will definitely be picking up on this year i mentioned through the rookies you mentioned wendell robinson uh be interested there as well i do think though in that i know i touched on it, i think i'm going to probably have to get some shares of chennault in the, the 14th and 15th round i think i'll have to go back to that well again but you did mention beckham Devontae parker is going in that range as well um in the 16th round Beckham's injury is obviously a concern, but it is interesting, you know, when you look at some of the other players coming back from injuries and maybe not as much concern with them. But I do think prior to his injury the other guys would sort have of been getting drafted. When we look at the Gallup versus Beckham, you know, we took Gallup with the thirteen oh two and then Beckham goes, you know, in the sixteenth round. I do think there's a case there to to be taking some shots on Odell as well. Um, although he has had his issues, there's Really, no doubt in the actual natural ability he has. So I think in that range, he's, he's still interesting. But, Sean, that's going to do us getting through those 20 rounds of the draft. We have gone through rounds one through five, five through ten. And today, we did kind of go a little bit rapid fire, but we've gone through 11 through 20. Hopefully, you have enjoyed that one, and hopefully, you'll tune in for our upcoming shows. Sean did mention the promo code during the show for a 10% discount to a His NFL pass. It is RV Radio 2022. Apply that at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Get access to all of the content and tools up on the site. No better time than right now, pre-NFL draft to get yourself set up for the 2022 season. Drop a written review on your favorite podcast app. And of course, I have been plugging it recently on the show. Please do head on over and hit that subscribe button on the His YouTube channel. You're able to see some of myself and Sean's videos up there at the current moment in time and sean did mention the show with peter overset that is up there in video format as well phenomenal show really did enjoy that one that's going to wrap us up for the third podcast of the week here on rug of his overtime my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland i have mentioned on previous shows we are looking for some content ideas over the off season do send them my way if you're interested we have some great guests lined up over the next Three to four weeks. We're going to try and have one guest a week. We didn't have one this week, but we did have the bonus draft content coming your way. And then moving forward, we'll be trying to have one guest every week to uh have some fun conversations here on Rotoviz overtime. Of course, Sean's work is all available up on roadoviz.com. Head on over and check out his latest stuff up there. Until we're back next week, have a good one.